Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket Shows, a man you know best as the head coach of the 2022 ACC Champions. Welcome back to the show, Duke women's tennis head coach, Jamie Ashworth. Coach, congratulations on the title. How are you doing today? Thank you. Great. Great. It's great to be here. And uh, I like I like talking to you in May. That means we're, we're doing good things here. <laughs> with our program rather than, rather than cutting it off in, in February or, or April. So, so May, is, uh, May, May dates with you are a good one. I appreciate that. No, there's no doubt. I mean, anytime I feel like we're doing this, it means NCAA tournament is looming. And obviously for your team, you're coming off of a weekend that saw you guys, you know, pretty successfully advance to the NCAA Sweet 16. You guys ultimately earn a 4-0 win over Quinnipiac, then that 4-1 win over Old Dominion. Obviously, Old Dominion, uh, a team that reached the National Indoor Championships this season. And look, they've got experience from top to bottom of the lineup. And, you know, obviously, Yulia Startup Seva, you would argue as good as any number one singles player in the country. She earns the victory over Chloe Beck and, you know, Georgia's in a third set at the time the match finishes. That said, it was doubles and depth that got the job done for you. With that in mind, how would you assess your team's opening weekend performance? Yeah, I thought I thought it was good, um, especially having two weeks off. It's something you don't have. Um, you know, you go through the whole season playing playing two matches, three matches a week. Um, sometimes with our conference schedule, we were playing, you know, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, something like that. And so um, two weeks off, getting through exams, getting through finals, um, which is a good thing. We're done school here. And so we can we can really concentrate on what we, what we need to concentrate on. Um, but it was good. Old Dominion was, um, you know, I think a lot of people look at the name and say, oh, you're just playing Old Dominion. But that was that was a very good team, a very talented team, as you said, got to the team indoor, something that we didn't get. To, we didn't we didn't have the opportunity to play. And so 
Um, you know, I think they came in here not really fearing anybody. They've, you know, they've played a Florida, they've played a Michigan, they played Miami. I think they beat a Georgia Tech in that kickoff weekend. Um, and led by that that girl, um, you know, their number one player played as well um, as anybody has played against us all year. I mean, that girl, she was she was so talented, and and um, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she made a, a good run at the individual tournament coming up. And so, uh, but yeah, our depth got us got us through, and and um, you know, I think one of the things I like about our team is is we've gotten wins at different positions all year, and we haven't had to kind of. You know, last year we we and you know this we we um, put a lot onto three people and and hope to get the doubles and and I think this year it's been great that we've we've been able to get wins everywhere in our lineup. So mm-hmm. and you talk about again that finding ability to find different pathways to four. Obviously, that's going to prove more and more critical as this NCAA tournament continues. But you know, the player I want to start with is Kelly Chen, who yeah. did not have the greatest start to her 2022 season, and yet you look for the numbers for Chen now. She's 12-5 and five overall in dual match play. She's, you know, 6-3 and three in her last 10 matches, and perhaps most importantly, a 1-1 one one victory for her uh, against Old Dominion to put that quick point on the board for your team. And, you know, it wasn't just her. It was Margarita as well, who in an 0-0 victory at yeah. that number 5 spot. And, you know, again, for Margarita, 12-5 and five overall on the year. She struggled a bit at the end of the season, but she found her form in that second round win. I mean, again, we can talk about the top two in a little bit. We can talk about the freshmen as well, but matches are won and lost by the nucleus. And to have your core of Kelly and Margarita, who have been here before playing so well that opening weekend, you know, what did you see from them? What does that mean to the team to have them clicking? Yeah, I think with Kelly, especially, um, I agree, you know, she, she didn't have the year that she wanted, but um, she can still do a lot. She, she feels like that she can still accomplish. And and, um, you know, I think her experience, her leadership and what she's done in May the last couple of years has really has really taken over and and um, given a boost to everyone in our program. And I think it started, you know, a couple of weeks ago, at the ACC tournament. She did her usual. Let's, you know, cramp. Let's get some IVs. Let's get out and play again the next day and and played great. And, and um, you know, I think when people see that and see and realize you know what it takes to win these matches physically mentally emotionally i think i think it gives us all a big lift on our team and so um you know she's she's as tough a may player as, as i've seen in my in my 20 years in college 25 years in, in college tennis and just plays focused and plays determined and you know she won't have the, uh, the ability to play in the individual tournament this year but I think for her, that's secondary of, to why she came back. And, and um, you know, I think this time of year is really, really where it shows we've, we've been leaning on her for years. And, and she's come up huge the last couple of weeks for us. And, and um, Marge as well. Marge Billiken is, um, you know, you said struggled in the most. She had a great start to the year. I think she started, you know, 7-0, 8-0, something like that. And, and then went through a, a little little stretch there, but but is playing really well, and and for everybody to see that, and and especially in doubles, I mean, she and Aliza have been have been great great at three doubles for us, and and um, you know she's proven she can play big time doubles. She played number one doubles last year in the NCAA tournament, and um, you know she's been been through these battles with us for for four years, and won some big matches, won won a big match to to beat South Carolina in the quarters in Orlando, you know, a couple of years ago, and so. Um, you know, I think to have that experience, to have that recall to fall back on and, and, and what it means to, to win these matches is, is huge for her. And 
huge for everybody to see and know that know that they can lean on on each other when they need to Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Margarita in particular, because I think she went, what, 0-2-1 at the ACC tournament, something like that. And I know yeah. she was deep in the third set against Virginia when you guys ultimately clinched that match. But, you know, you mentioned that match calculus from last season and having been at that uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah, it was, you know, Georgia, Chloe, you know, doubles, find one more. Some days it was Kelly. Some days it was elsewhere. Um Mabel G. <laughs> yeah, Mabel G, of course, exactly as well. You know, for, again, for your team this season to be able to find the different pathways to four and knowing on a you know given day it might be doubles, three, four, five. It might be, you know, one, two, five, and six on a different day, depending on what your team needs. Is that a burden or a blessing for you as a coach? Do you, you're enjoying that? 100% a blessing, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We never have to, I don't think we're in a position where like, Oh no, if she's losing, um, you know, I think this year, uh, you know, obviously Chloe had a great, great regular season and, and um, you know, she, she's lost a couple here lately, but um, you know, I think in hindsight, it's great that we can win matches knowing that, okay, Chloe lost today or Chloe's losing today or Georgia lost today, or, you know, but we can still win and same with our doubles. Um, you know, that came up huge in the, in the finals of that ACC tournament, um, with our, with our number one team, um, you know, coming through and winning that match against Virginia and knowing that, okay, Chloe and, and Ellie lost, we can still win matches and, and to have that trust and have that belief in, in each other. And, and, um, I think that carries us as, as, you know, it's, it's been carrying us and, and I think it will keep carrying us down the road here. And, you know, again, to talk, you mentioned Ellie Coleman. I want to talk about the freshman now as well. And, you know, for Ellie Coleman, who's 14 and seven overall on the year. And, you know, she played extraordinarily well at that ACC tournament, obviously, and got a massive win over Ziadado in the final. That said, you know, she was down a set and four three uh, this weekend against ODU. And, you know, on the flip side, you look at your other freshman, Emma Jackson, who, you know, maybe struggled a bit more in that ACC tournament. And yet she was able to, you know, find a two and three victory at the NCAA tournament again. Right. Getting back to the theme right. of different pathways to four. Talk to me about the yeah. development of your freshmen this season. What you've seen growth-wise from them? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, with we'll start with Emma. Emma, um, you know, Emma. Emma's come up big. For she always okay. seems to be the one that's the last one on the court or in that that clinching match situation. And so, you know, early in that ACC tournament, she did she did struggle a little bit. Um, you know, but then she came up huge in the win against Stravinsky in, in three sets and, you know, being down five, three in the, in the third there. And, and, um, you know, she, or yeah, yeah. Five, I think she was down five, three. And, and, um, so she's come up, come up big for us in big matches. And, you know, I think both have improved. I think both are, are, have learned from, from our upperclassmen about what it actually takes to, to really be on a team, you know, they, they're used to junior tennis and used to being out there playing for themselves, playing with themselves, but, but it's a different kind of mentality playing for, for a team. And, and um, it's a different kind of pressure. You know, we've, we've had people in the past to, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, uh, Beatrice Capra, who was obviously a great player for us. And, you know, I remember we were playing, um, we actually happened to be playing Georgia down at Georgia in the, in the quarters of the NCAA tournament there one year. And, and she was talking about how nervous she was. And I said, I was like, Tracy, you, you played Sharapova in Ash, you know, <laughs> six months ago. What, how is this anymore? And she said, this is so much more nerve wracking playing for a team. And, um, but I think it's a learning process. And, and I think our freshmen have gone through that, but they've had great mentors in, 
you know, in Kelly and Chloe and Georgia to, to kind of look up to and and see what it takes to, to really sacrifice and, and do everything you can for your team. And, and um, you know, they're both coming into their own. They're both going to be great players for us and be great leaders for us down the road. And, and um, you know, both have had a little bit of injury stuff earlier in the year that they had to overcome. And, um, you know, Emma's been in and out of our lineup um, with, with, with some injury stuff, but, but is healthy now. Ellie was out from um, you know mid November to to almost the end of January there and and um, so it's it's a long year and I think that you know you're getting used to the, the academic side of things you're getting used to the college life you're getting used to being on your own and and I think they've both handled it really well and they both come up huge when we've needed them to and whether that's you know the ACC tournament whether that's Ellie against Yarlagata against you you know in our UNC win there or. Ellie um, and our win against NC State. Um, you know, they've both been in situations where where there's been tons of pressure on them, and they, they've both come up great and big. And and um, you know, they're both great kids, and 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 like I said, will be great, great leaders, great competitors for us down the road. Yeah, and you know, again, not to look past this season, but I believe for you all next year, Kelly's the only. I mean, and Aliza as well, but Kelly's the only one who graduates out the roster, right? Georgia still has one more, if memory um, serves me. Georgia, uh, March. Oh, March has yeah, good call yeah. by you. Um, with that in mind, again, you talk about the leadership they've shown. Is there an urgency to this group? Is it win now time? I mean, again, you mentioned it earlier. First ACC title for you all since 2012. And obviously last year you had a core that had plenty of success. And if you were at that North Carolina match, I know it was a four-one scoreline. It was not by any stretch of the imagination a 4-1 match. Right. Is there an urgency with this group? Is it win now mode? I don't think so. I think um, we've talked about the whole time of, you know, let's control what we can control. I know it's cliche ish, but, um, you know, if we go out there and we give physically, mentally, and emotionally 100% and we get beat, great. You know, we'll shake hands and, and someone's going to take a, a, a good effort to do that. And, um, you know, if you look at all these matches across the board, not, not just our matches, there's been such a fine line of winning and losing. And, you know, two points here, one point here. I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think we feel like there's any kind of urgency. We're, we're just going out there. We're having a lot of fun. Um, it's a great group and, and, um, you know, in hindsight's 2020, but I think that, that, that miserable weekend we had down with Florida state and Miami really changed our season. You know, we were able to, to really get full buy-in after that. And, you know, it took a little heart to heart talk and some tears and some, some not happy moments on the, on the courts in, in Tallahassee after that match. And, um, but, but since that weekend, this team has done everything that we've asked and more, it's been, it's been great. And, you know, they, they love being together. They love practicing together. Um, you know, they love competing for each other, not just, not just with each other, but for each other. And so, um, you know, I love where we are. And obviously we, we have a tough one on, on Friday with Georgia and, and, but we, but we're very, very aware that anything can happen. And, and there's such a fine line between winning and losing and, and, um, you know, and so we'll, we'll enjoy the ride as long as we can and, and whatever comes of it comes of it, but we're, we're no means we're thinking, Oh God, we have to win this, have to win this, have to win this. Not at all. I think, I think, um, we play, we play much better when we're, we're free and, and you know, you you guys on your show wrote us off a little bit there. And, and I, you know, we kind of we kind of enjoyed that. We we're like, okay, let's just play. 
yeah. you know, and see what happens. And, and good things have happened so far. So mm-hmm. No, it was one of the mulligans I would like back on this season. I like <laughs> to think I, it's been a pretty good year for us takes-wise. That was one definitely – I mean, again, you look at your team. 21 and three overall Um, the loss in the kickoff weekend to Oklahoma. I think we can all agree has probably appreciated in value. There's not a single coach across the country. will say that was a bad loss for the blue devils that said, and I know we've hinted at it before, but you know, you guys have won 10 in a row. So maybe you'll be willing to answer this question. What happened in South Florida? I mean, again, that swing is always extraordinarily difficult. And Tallahassee is not exactly South Florida, but you know, four, two at FSU four, three at Miami. Now let's be clear. Miami is still alive in the NCAA tournament. That's by no stretch a bad loss either. But what did you, you know, what happened that weekend? What was the takeaway for your team? Yeah, I think that we, um, you know, I think we went down there thinking, especially that, that first one, okay, well, we're just going to win this. And, you know, Florida state had been playing with not a full roster. And, um, you know, I think we were in a position that we took some things for granted that we really shouldn't take for granted. And, and, um, you know, like I said, it was a, a huge learning experience for us. Um, you know, we, we had one of those closed door players only, you know, we weren't a part of it meetings on the courts after the, after our match at Florida state. And, and one of the things that came out of that was that it takes a a total commitment, total buy-in from everybody. You have to have the same goals. You have to have, you know, be in the, in the same frame of mind, be willing to sacrifice. And, And that came from our team, you know, that came all the way down from, from, you know, our seniors to our freshmen who, you know, sometimes you get these, these meetings where, where um, nobody says a word and, and, you know, and I, we let them do all the talking. We really weren't a part of that conversation, um, but it was good to see and good to hear our, our freshmen speaking up and our seniors speaking up. So across the board, they felt like everyone had a voice in what they wanted out of this season. And, and, um, you know, then we headed down to, to Miami. It was an absolute crazy trip. It was one of the worst um, travel trips I've I honestly I've ever had. We, we had um, some flights canceled in, in uh, Florida State trying to get to Miami. Um, we ended up, you'll appreciate this, we ended up splitting a charter bus with a high school boys lacrosse team <laughs> to go to get from Tallahassee to get down to Coral Gables for our match. They, they were on, um, they were um, playing a tournament and trying to get home and there were no flights. It was spring break. The rental we couldn't rent cars. Um, with a, they wouldn't let us rent any cars with a one-way car rental there, and, and we were scrambling. We we pulled in there at about 1:30 in the morning into into um, Coral Gables, and you know we we were at the courts at, at 9:45, getting ready for an 11 o'clock match, and um, didn't didn't hit on the courts at all. And you know even though we lost that match, we we competed our butts off and. And, um, you know, it would have been real easy for this group just to say, oh, my gosh, you know, we our travel was terrible. We couldn't prepare and everything. But I, that loss was was by far the best loss we've had all year um, in my mind, because they they did what they talked about the day before in Tallahassee, what they needed to do better. Mm-hmm. And um, we could see a change right there. And, and since we've been back on, from that trip, you know, two almost two months ago and um, you know, we, we've, they've, they've done everything that we've asked and, and, and been a, been a great group to work with. And, and like I said, I, you know, if we win that match at Florida state, you know, four three and walk off, maybe you don't have those same conversations and maybe, maybe things are different. Maybe we're not where we are today. And, um, you know, but those heart to heart things after a loss, it was a, a 
you know, in the end, maybe it turned out to be a win for us. And, and um, we'll see. We'll see. It's been it's been great for us since then. No, you guys have won 10 in a row. Now, I would point out in that 10 match win streak, only one shutout victory. And that was the first round match against Quinnipiac. And, you know, again, you guys have played a bunch of four, three matches, five, two right. matches throughout the course of the year. And right. I am curious. We've talked about the parody all season long on our show about how it does legitimately feel you can make a short list 10 name you know there's 16 schools yeah. left I'm pretty sure 10 of them can win the national championship this season right. obviously you were part of a national championship winning team back in 2009 yeah. is this team calloused enough to make that sort of push because again you mentioned air you know I mentioned the 4-3 win at NC State 4-3 right. at Wake Forest which is backed up by the 4-2 win in the conference tournament really hard to beat a team in that twice in that stretch of time and then you know again you flip it against Miami and the 4-1 win against Virginia that was 4-1 in name only yes has this team taken the requisite lumps needed I think so I think that we're um competitively um pardon you know i think that we can go out there and we can fight and we can compete and scrap and and i think that they know that um it takes more than the, the tennis side of things out there i think that they know that they have to be at their best um emotionally and um you know one of the things that in these last 10 matches that we've talked a lot about is if you do things the right way in a match you should be physically mentally and emotionally tired and, and drained, not just physically because you played a three set match, but there's other aspects of it. And, and they've been great with that. I, I don't think they, they look ahead. I don't think that they look behind. I think they, they take what's, what's right in front of them to, to heart and, and worry about that. And, and, you know, I think their entire focus right now is, is on this Georgia match on Friday, not what if, and who, who we could play or what could happen down the road. And, and, um, you know, like you said, we've been in a bunch of four, three matches and, and, um, almost too, too much that I can take, but, um, you know, you, across, again, across the board, there's so many, so many tight matches. You see a lot of, you know, okay, they won four one, but they had, you know, two other matches were in three sets that didn't get finished or something. And so, um, I agree that the parody is huge. There is no, there's, I wouldn't say there's a team that's head and shoulders above everybody else or, um, you know, out of the 16 head and shoulders below everybody else. I think it's such a, a such a fine line. And and um, we've walked that line really well. And, and hopefully we can we can keep doing that. And and like I said, I think it will take a great, great effort to to um, knock us off. And if it does, we'll, we'll shake hands and, and be proud of, of what we've done. But, um, you know, we're ready to get to give everything we have with every match we have left. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, with that in mind, let's talk again about some of the matches you guys have played, some of your team members. Let's start here. And maybe you haven't had your end of year banquet yet, so spoiler to any teammates who hear this. Team MVP for the Blue Devils this season, who you got? Um, we actually have done that, done that and, okay. and um, the girls voted on that themselves, and, and they voted for Chloe. Okay. Um, you know, Chloe on the court, off the court, has been a tremendous leader for us. Um, I, in, in all my time, um, here at Duke, I don't know if there's someone that that practices day in and day out as hard as Chloe does, and um, you know I think her teammates recognize that. And I, 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 with that MVP title, I think it's special that it comes from their peers, not from their coaches. And um, her teammates re have recognized that, and and um, you know it's been great for her to 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 kind of take over those leadership reins along along with Kelly and really learn. And you know I think it started back from when Mabel was here and, and um, 
you know, she's been, she's been great and, and really gets the most out of, you know, we talk a lot about if you and I are hitting and, and you don't give a hundred percent that I'm not getting a hundred percent out of it. And, and, um, you know, I think that she, she's tremendous at that. Yeah. I mean, again, one of those players, we talked about it on our show, one of the MVPs of the season, certainly yeah. abroad. And I am curious what led to that switch, Georgia and Chloe at the one and two spots. Um, nothing. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Ooh, I'm going to be secretive and this <laughs> or hide this. I know, I know there's teams that, okay, near the NCAA tournament, we're going to switch our double. This wasn't your Michaela Gordon moment. No, no, <laughs> yeah. was, um, I haven't had that in my back pocket all, all year. Um, um, no, it was just, you know, she had been, been playing really well and, and Georgia has been playing great as well. And, and, um, you know, I, I think that either of the both have shown that they can, they can play with the best in the country and, you know, I know you've mentioned we've been really successful on that second line all year, and um, I don't think it matters matters who's there. And, um, you know, so there was no big, like, moment of, okay, you're playing better than this or, or not as good as this or anything. It's just let's see what happens. And, you know, so the first match I think we, we did that was um, the UNC match, and we had a good result. And um, – then it was okay. Should we keep it for the ACC tournament? Okay, let's try it, and we did, and and um, had good results. and And I feel like our, our team has a lot of confidence in in each other and, and trust in each other. and And um, so we just said let's let's just roll with it and see see what happens. And so um, you know it, it's it's been good for for both of them. Yeah, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say yeah, it's worked. Uh, obviously, you guys <laughs> have won ten in a row, so yeah, <laughs> good coaching decision. I assume it wasn't your decision. I'm going to go ahead and credit that uh, to Michelle or Stephen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely wasn't you. Um, <laughs> but you know, to, with that lineup in mind, doubles. You guys have played twelve pairings this year, which isn't the biggest number, and obviously. You know, there are going to be injuries and there are going to be times when you want to get other people playing reps. Is the doubles lineup fluid or do you feel like you have your three teams? Um, I, I wish that I could say it's, oh, how we wanted it to be and all that. I think <laughs> yeah. that's the one place where we, we really struggled early in the year mm-hmm. um, was with our doubles and trying to find the right combinations. And, um, you know, I, I think that um, personalities play a big role in, in doubles teams and, um, you know, I think, I think we've found some combinations, um, that have worked. Um, we've been able to, to win two, you know, two out of the, those three doubles matches. Um, and so we're, we're just going with it. I mean, it's, it's actually amazing to me that you have a Kelly Chen, not in our, not in the doubles lineup and, and Emma, who, who's played really played some really good doubles for us in the fall. Um, when we were probably on 30 teams in the fall, I don't, I don't know, something like that. And, um, you know, so we, we do have that in our back pocket if we want to substitute Kelly in there or Emma in there. And, and um, you know, but I'm, I'm happy with where our doubles is now as opposed to, you know, three months ago, I wasn't happy at all with where our doubles was. And and um, we just couldn't get the right combinations. And, you know, through a lot of work and, and Michelle did a lot of work with it. And, and um, you know, I think that, that we're in a really good spot with our doubles. And I think that we believe that we can win all three doubles matches, not just, OK, let's try and win two here. Mm-hmm. No, I, I smell a substitution in the back pocket. I'll say that. Like, there's, I mean, it's prime time Kelly. Like, come on. I, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, it's nice to have that in the back pocket. But yes. to your point, obviously, the doubles play has continued to be uh, significantly better for your team down yes. the season's yeah. home stretch. Yeah. With that in mind, who is the most improved player on the 2022 Duke Blue Devils? 
Wow. Um, from the start of the year to right, this is going to probably blow you away, but from the start of the year right now, it's probably Kelly. Interesting. Um, you know, she struggled in the fall, um, struggled at the beginning of the year, and and now she's she's playing how she's capable of playing um, and how she's shown over the previous four years that she can play. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, and I think her teammates would recognize that. You know, I think that her commitment to the reason why she came back to Duke to try to help us put up a, a banner or, or a couple banners here is, is really showing in these the, the end of the year. And, um, you know, I think she's playing more relaxed. I think she feels like she doesn't have to prove anything. Um, you know, I think she's playing a little bit freer mentally and, and, and been great for us and, and, um, much different person than she was, you know, three, four, six months ago. No, I'm, I'm, I would agree. That's, it's interesting that you say that because I think that is probably the hot take. But it's probably, I mean, again, you would know better than I would. You see how Kelly is playing. It's just she's Kelly Chen with the exclamation points at the end of her name yeah. now at that number four yeah. spot. And obviously yeah. when she's playing this well, you all are a completely different team. Uh, with that in mind, you know, again, as we look towards the Sweet 16, it's got to feel nice. I mean, you were on the road at Baylor last year. No, I guess it was the Super Regional, but you beat Baylor on the road to get to that Sweet 16. And I'm right. curious, 2019, did you guys host? 2019. Super Regional? Uh, yeah, it's yes. so long. It's, it's, State. Yeah, as you say, it's before yes. COVID, so it's a lifetime yes. ago. But I'm curious. Yeah. Obviously, you guys are hosting this year, and, you know, uh, certainly it's got to be nice to have Georgia coming to town as opposed to going to Athens. But uh, that said, are you a fan of the Super Regional format or do you prefer the Mega Sweet 16 site? I, um, I flipped on it and I, I prefer the 16, to be honest with you. I think this is drawn out a little bit too long. Um, you know, you, you we have our conference tournament and we have, you know, and I know some of the conferences only have one week, but we have two weeks, then you play two matches, then a week, and then you play a match and then another week. And, and, um, you know, when it, when it first came out and I, I sat in some of these committee meetings and some rooms about this and, and really liked the, the idea, but having been a part of it, um, you know, I really like having everybody together. It'd be great to, to, um, play Georgia and, you know, at a, at a site where all the other teams are and, and that kind of thing. Now saying that we've had great attendance here at home at, at Duke, we've, you know, had 600, 700, you know, people here at matches and, and, um, you know, we hope to continue that this week and our, our people have done a great job and, and um, to be able to play this match at home is, is a, is a tremendous opportunity. Um, but I think it's drawn out a little bit long um, over, over the three weeks. It's, it takes a, it's a, it's a long go of it. Mm-hmm. And now the flip side to that argument, and obviously, again, you said in those meetings would be, well, if you're in the individuals and you're in the team event, you make a deep run, you're in Orlando for two months and you change right. residency at that point. Right, but, right, right. And I am curious though, I mean, you guys were in the 9 p.m. match last year against UCF, and, you know, I was at that match because I'm a nerd, and that match was freaking awesome. But outside of the nerds and the parents of the teams, it is a very sparsely attended match. Yes. I, I That opportunity – and, again, I know I'm just going to – I want you to argue both sides because, again, I, you know the arguments better than yep. I do – are you excited to have that additional home match? Like, is it too late in the I mean, year for you to get a big showing or is it not? Yes. No, no, we'll get, we have a good um, community involved. Um, we have some good, um, some local kind of booster group involved and, 
And um, so we're excited to have the, for them to have that opportunity as well. Yeah. yeah. And not, not just for us. And I understand the, the individual side of things. And believe me, I have I have yeah. I have two kids and, and to be gone for 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 two weeks or um, I think a couple of years ago we did a 19 day road trip. So um, that that's kind of outlandish to think about. But but, um, you know, I, I like the atmosphere of, OK, we can go watch a men's match. Right? We can go watch this other 16 match. Um, you know, and and um, those night matches, for some reason, we've been a part of those late night ones every year. And, and um, you know, I think the women get get the later matches in, in Champagne this year as well. And so, um, you know, it's it's been fun for us. I if I could make one change to the entire thing, I'm a, I'm a big believer in let's get one site, a neutral site and and, you know, go there every year, the road to, to wherever that may be. And um, I think that would help build those round of 16 matches if you can get community involvement at, at one site and build it up it may take a year or two to do that but um you know i think that would be a great thing for our sport and our goal is to get to here every year whether it's you know you know an omaha or, or yeah. you know whatever whatever those other sports uh, softball does and stuff no not to get you in trouble i would say the odds of every ncaa tournament being at Orlando moving like 2027 onward minus 125 like just it's the favorite like I just think that that is the inevitable inevitability because it Orlando's the mecca for tennis in the United like that just is the place that seems to make the most sense yeah it is and I mean like for this I know champagne though I knew um you know whether we're a part of it or not I know they'll do a, a great job and and I think we have an Oklahoma State coming up and and I know Chris will will do a great job for for them um you know, it's a shame that, that without the, the TV infrastructure this year and, and um, you know, I think we have a, a great product to show and, and to have with that Orlando provides that, that infrastructure already built in to, to get these matches on TV and, and to get the word out there about, about college tennis and what kind of product we have. Um, you know, we're starting on the women's side, men's side, obviously as well, but on the women's side, some success on the, on the WTA tour and singles and doubles players and, you know, whether it's a Jenny Brady or Daniel Collins, I mean, some players like that. And we have a very good product. And so it'd be, it would, it's a shame that, that this year's event, you know, Tennis One will do a great job covering it. But um, it's a shame that, that we can't get the, the built-in TV that an Orlando provides. Yeah, and I'm kind of out on college tennis. Not that great of a product. Uh, no, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And it, with that spirit in mind, a little bird told me that the ITL Americans are going to be hosted at Cary Tennis Park moving forward, that you, Simon, Brian, put together a collective bid to uh, host that ITA All-American event for the next couple of years moving forward. Talk to me about that decision. Yes, it's going to be a, a, hopefully a great event. I mean, Cary Tennis Park is a another kind of mecca on the East Coast. One of my favorites. Tennis. Love um, it. Yeah. You know, it's a great we've, – we've had plenty of ACC tournaments there. We've all hosted fall tournaments there. Um you know, we we've hosted one and states hosted hosted one. They've had plenty of events and they know how to run events there, um, you know, back on hard courts. So I think which I think um, most of, of the, the women in college tennis and co coaches in college tennis will will appreciate um, the Cary Tennis Center there. You know, 10 minutes from the airport, you can fly anywhere. Plenty of hotels, plenty of, of food options, plenty of practice courts. Um, you know, we, we feel like in, you know, the past, the, even the past couple of weeks and on the women's side to have three regionals in this area, um, the, the college tennis is, is big in this area. Um, you know, they've done a great job at that facility, building kind of a, 
a college atmosphere, a college stadium. Um, they've put up some new new seating, new bleachers, scoreboards across the board. Um, you know, hopefully it's a it's a great event that, that not just the players will love, but the coaches and the convenience of it and and the ease of it. And um, you know, that's one of the the premier events on the on the college calendar is the, the All American Championships. And I've you know, fortunately, unfortunately, been going to that thing for 25 years. Um, you know, it's great to, to have it here and, and, and have that kind of local local flair to it. Yeah, they call it the research triangle. It's the college tennis triangle now. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you guys are taking over. And I love to hear that having gotten the chance to play at the Cary Tennis Center a couple of times, Cary Tennis Park, I believe, a couple of times in my life. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan. And I mean, you've got the center court for the championship matches you've got all the outer courts as well and as you mentioned it sounds like you guys haven't been playing ACC championships there so when I heard that I was like oh yeah of course they did like that that's that's a great move by the North Carolina coaches and so yeah North Carolina quietly the mecca of college tennis the answer is not no yeah and so uh (laughs) with all of that in mind again um I do want to talk about the uh the ACC was the conference better this year than it was last year I think so. I yeah. think, um, you know, I think, I think UNC last year was a quote unquote super team. I mean, they were, they were, they were a great team, but I think, they, I think you have a little bit more depth this year um, in, in lineups, lineup depth um, across the board. Um, you know, I found that, that we just don't have an easy match. You know, when I started coaching um, a while ago, we, the, the ACC schedule didn't provide us with any kind of, um, preparation for the NCAA tournament, to be honest with you. And, and now day in and day out, match in and match out. I think I counted, I think 13 of the 32 individual doubles teams are from the ACC. Um, you know, I think over a quarter of the singles players are from the ACC. Um, it's just, it just pushes you to get better. And, and if you don't, if you're not pushing yourself to get better, you're going to be left behind. And, and, um, I think the coaching is better. The facilities are better. Um, top to bottom. I mean, Clemson just built an unbelievable indoor center and, mm-hmm. and um, there's a, a commitment across the board to, to women's tennis. And, and um, it's, it's been great to, that transformation has been great to see. Great, great to be a part of for, for 25 years. Yeah. Even if last year at the top of the conference may have been as good, if not better, it was the, it's that like, you know, again, the Wake Forest, the Georgia Techs, the Notre Dames, the Louisville's who just yeah. are not providing an easy match at any point no. on the calendar. And yeah, obviously again, your team is callous, uh, calloused. Your team is battle tested with that in mind, as you look towards the sweet 16, what are going to be the things you all need? to do to get to where you want to go this year yeah i mean um georgia is a, a a great opponent for us um we've had some some battles classic battles from my first match my the first match i ever coached in college tennis was against a georgia team and, and um you know and jeff and you know jeff and i go way back and and um you know i think that that for us um when we play with emotion um, and, and we play with, with discipline and, and, you know, then good things can happen. And, and, um, you know, they're, they're a very talented team. They made a great run to the finals of the SEC tournament. And, and, um, you know, we're expecting, we're expecting a, a fight. We're expecting a, a good one. And, and, um, you know, hopefully we can continue with what we've been doing and, and, um, you know, but nothing's going to be given to us. Everything is going to has to be earned right now. And, and we, you know, you have to be deserving to win. And, and hopefully at the end of that match, we've deserved to win that match. 
I am very much looking forward to Kowalski versus Chen. Like two seniors just battling out on court number four. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, I'm looking, you may not be, but I'm very yeah, much no, looking no, forward to No, no, I'm excited about the opportunity. And and like I said, I have full full trust and belief in, in where we are and, and full trust and belief in our in our team. And, and um, you know, but but as I just said, we, we've got to earn earn that opportunity and, and um, nothing, nothing is handed to anybody at this point. And yeah. so, um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we want to, um, you know, say, hey, we, we deserve to win this match and deserve yeah. to be where we are. So. No, absolutely. And again, looking at your team throughout the course of this season, you've won 10 in a row and, you know, 21 and three overall. Certainly you guys have been well, uh, well worthy of the success you all have had. I meant to ask this earlier, by the way, best win this season. Was it North Carolina or was it that Virginia championship match? Um, I mean, obviously with, with just the rivalry, the, the North Carolina win was, was a great win for us. Um I think the best, honestly, the best win for our team and where we were was that NC State win. Um, you know, we had just come back off of that Miami, Florida State. Um, and I felt like, you know, and like I said, we played better at Miami, but I also felt like we were at a point where we could go one of two ways on the year. And, um, you know, were we going to take the, the tougher route and, and do what we needed to do or you know, and that's where our, our leadership took over. And I think that NC State win and having lost the doubles and I think lost four first sets um, in that match, I think I think that right there really, really turned turned our season around. And, and um, you know, we went from there. We had a tough one at Wake right after that. Um, but to win those back-to-back 4-3 matches, I think, I think was huge for us. Yeah. Match you'd like to replay the most this season. Is it that Miami road match just to be like, let's try those travel arrangements again? Or is it maybe <laughs> – like, to me, I think the Oklahoma match because I still can't believe you guys lost the doubles point in that match. And I'm, like, convinced if you win doubles, again, maybe the entire narrative for the season is different. That I- – yeah, that's yeah. like the inflection. That that one was a fascinating one to me. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, you know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I feel like we, you know, obviously, like you said, no one's going to say that Oklahoma match was it was a, a bad match, a bad loss for us. Um, looking back now, um, I think what it did for us was it took opportunity away. Yeah, it took. Um, you know, I, I think it was midway through the year when you look there were everyone had played more matches than us um you know and i think it took opportunity for us to get on the court away um and so and i think that that one stung i mean like i said the florida state match was a tough one but i think that we're better off because of that florida state one if we if we win that four three five two um maybe we don't have the conversations that we had on the course that day but that oklahoma match i mean we we had some opportunities for sure in the doubles um, we had opportunities in the singles. We, you know, it was at four, two, we were up, I think five, three in the third of that last match of the other match that was on there. And, and, um, that one stung and that one, um, you know, that one hurt for a little bit and, and, um, who knows, maybe we got a shot at, 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 at them down the road, but, but, um, you know, uh, I think that, that, um, that if I could pick one match to have over again, I think, I think it'd be that one. Yeah, that one to me, again, that was one of those fascinating moments where 
I, I swear you guys were up at number one doubles the entire time, and then just all of a sudden things slipped, and that's yeah. the joy of college tennis, obviously, or the pain of college yeah. tennis, I suppose, depending on your perspective. But again, you know, 21-3 and three overall on the season. Obviously, you have your team 10 consecutive wins, ACC tournament champions coming into this NCAA tournament, and I know I speak for all of us college tennis fans when I say we are excited to see uh, what the Blue Devils have in store for us over the final weeks of 2022. So again, coach, always a pleasure uh, to get the chance to chat with you. And I mean, regardless, I will see you in Champaign because what Kelly got in, Georgia got in. Did you guys get a doubles team as well? Uh, Uh, Kelly, I said Kelly, I meant Chloe. Uh, Oh yeah. Yes. Um, um, Baron Kova and Drummy. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, with that in mind, then, Coach, obviously wishing you and the team luck and success throughout the course of this weekend and uh, immensely grateful that you took the time to chat, as always. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me and, and safe travels to you as well. Yeah, of course. Good luck to you all. All right. Thanks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene. For all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.